0: This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lambert. We're on a journey to learn what it means to
1: live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life.
0: And in this chapter, we're talking again with Adele Calhoun. Adele has worked in Christian ministry for over 40 years, and she and her husband, Doug, are currently working at High Rock Church in Arlington, Massachusetts. As certified Enneagram instructors, they enjoy resourcing spiritual leaders and pastors through spiritual direction and teaching the Enneagram. She's also the author of Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, Invitations from God, and the co-author of True You and 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 Women and Identity. Spiritual Rhythms in the Enneagram, A Handbook for Harmony and Transformation, is also coming out later this spring. Previously, Adele and her husband co-pastored Redeemer Community Church in Needham, Massachusetts, and she was formerly pastor of spiritual formation at Christ Church in Oak Brook, Illinois. She's a retreat speaker, a trained spiritual director, and she's taught courses at Wheaton College and Northern Seminary as well. In the early 1970s, she helped pioneer student work with the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students in Southeast Asia and in the Middle East. She's also worked with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in New England and in Canada, and with the International Fellowship of Evangelical Students in the West Indies and in South Africa. One of my guilty pleasures on Facebook is taking those quizzes that tell you what kind of person you are or what kind of Marvel character you're most like. And it's really easy for especially Christians to really want to take spiritual formation, spiritual growth, and spiritual discipleship and turn it into something where you can find out exactly what type you are and then just turn spiritual growth into some formula. But unlike those Facebook quizzes, Adele's approach to using the Enneagram is personal, it's relational, and it's not something that's built around formulas or trying to find out exactly which type you are so that you can know exactly how you're supposed to grow. It's all built around community and the body of Christ and learning how to live out your relationship with God in a community of believers and use the Enneagram as a tool to help guide that.
1: You have a new book coming out. Um, well, you and your husband and, and another couple have, have all co-wrote that, um, which I would love to ask about how that sort of a co-writing process works. But we'll save that for another conversation. Um, so tell us a little bit th- about that book, and I'm going to mess up the title if I try to say it. But yeah. it's the I- I'll let you introduce okay. it, and and it's it's about the Enneagram, which has become very popular over the last few years. And as we were talking about before, I think if this would have if this book would have come out or this topic would have come up 10 years ago, I think this would have been a concept that would have made a lot of Christians very uncomfortable. So I'm really excited to talk about this. So tell us about the book.
2: So the book is called Spiritual Rhythms and the Enneagram: A Handbook for Harmony and Transformation. And I've been working with the Enneagram since the Late 80s and, uh, it came to me by somebody in our ministry who was given a book about the Enneagram and, you know, it has the diagram of the Enneagram on the front. She brought it to me and she says, is this a cult? Is this something I can read? So that was my introduction to the Enneagram, you know, so I read it and I thought, what this has going for it is, I feel like it gives, it, well, let me start over again. There are lots of Christians who need therapy. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't have self-awareness. They love Jesus and they are mean, hurtful people. And they don't know it, or they think that it's okay, you know, but but they do a lot of damage. And so my question is always, what does transformation look like? Does it just mean that I say yes to the right doctrines, and I'm in? You know, Jesus doesn't ever ask, what do you believe? No, it's follow me. Are you living the life I live? And so I felt like the, the enneagram got at what it was to lose your life to find it. What it was to die to yourself. It got at actually naming a signature sin. And it was, it's Paul's language put off anger, malice, wrath, lust. Sloth and put on the virtue. So I felt like it is all there in the Bible. And so I started, you know, going back and forth. And I thought the thing about this is I talk till I'm blue in the face about following Jesus, laying down your life, putting off the old man, putting on the new man. And everybody looks at you and goes, yeah, yeah, I get it. And they don't do it. I think it's hard to do, you know. They're conceptual things. And the Enneagram, if you will let it, sort of gets behind all of your defenses. And depending on who's teaching it, in a kind way that the spirit can sort of knock on you and say, Hey, take a look. Do you recognize who this is in the mirror? And then you can go, Oh, wow. I see what needs changing and it's not a box it's not a label it's an understanding of some motivations, and I feel like there are lots of things that box you and give you a name but if you understand the Enneagram it gets at motivations that need to be transformed and it also provides a pathway so when we my husband I taught the Enneagram for many years um, Put thousands of people, and the question we get asked multiple times is, "Well, now that I know my number, what do I do?" And our answer to that question is our book, and we feel mm-hmm. like it is a groundbreaking um, book that reimagines actually the the Enneagram. It it harkens back to. Um, sort of a diagram that Raymond Lowell in the 12th century, who was a, a monk and a scholar, developed for the vices, nine vices. And it's called the Harmony Triad. So instead of the diagram, you imagine, imagine that there are three triangles that are all even. So the, the reason we've done this is as we look at The greatest commandment, as you look at what is it to follow Jesus, I would say Jesus says very clearly, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And for many years, I just read that and think, okay, love, it's it's the love. But in the last sort of three or four years, uh, I sort of read it and it hit me in a different way. And it was, love the Lord your God. With all your heart. Okay, what does that look like to love with your feelings? And then love the Lord with all your mind. Okay? I get that. I'm pretty heady. I can love with my thoughts, but what is it to love with your thoughts? And then what is it to love in your gut instincts? That these are actual Jesus is actually giving us three ways, three intelligences. To love with and that those make up our soul. So we know now from science that we have neural networks in our gut, neural networks in our heart, neural networks in our head, and that often the neural networks in our gut and our heart work faster than the one in our head descends the neural pathway first. So we, we, that is the the, um, head, heart, and gut correspond to the three triads of the Enneagram. There are people who quite naturally live in their head and use their IQ. There are people who quite naturally live in their heart and use their EQ. And there are people who live in their gut, their body. They know in their bones and they're in their instinctive gut, GQ. And so we... we. uh, Sort of developed together this idea that the pathway for transformation is a movement to learn to love with our total being, our head heart and gut. And so each number then needs to learn to access head heart and gut. And the truth is most of us have a favored way. Like if you like being in your head you probably look at people who are in their heart and go, they shouldn't trust their feelings. Feelings can lead you astray. I don't trust people who trust their feelings. And if you're a heart person, you may say, oh, the people are always in their head. I don't trust them. You know, they think facts are everything. Facts aren't everything. So we dismiss ways of knowing and we dismiss people who are different. And so our hope was to provide a workbook that says you are more than your type. You are more than one number. You are more. If a one is the good person on the enneagram, that's the word they give that person. Or they may say the perfectionist. But I say the good person. We would say you are more than a good person. You know, you're in your gut up there. You're loving with your gut, but how are you loving with your head and your heart? Well, on the and with the harmony triad. You go to four and learn the depths of love. And so rather, and you go to seven, which is playful. And so we would say rather than just being a good person, your goodness is deeply joyful, is core in seven. And so we encourage people then to come up with their own way of identifying sort of their path for transformation using their a number from their two other titles. Is mm-hmm. that really way complicated?
1: <laughs> no, it it well, it is complicated. And until I think you, it's one of those things where you have to at least do a cursory reading and get an understanding. And then it's like, oh, now the puzzle sort of fits into place. And, and there's so many layers and the complexity that you can explore. And I, and I think it's a wonderful tool for, for self-discovery like you're talking about. Um, real quick though, I read somewhere that it's definitely not this. And so I want to see how you would describe it. Um, it's definitely not a personality profile. <laughs> um, so if it's not a personality profile, it doesn't like, you know, like the Myers-Briggs or anything like that. How would you describe it?
2: So I call terms? it a tool for transformation, an archetypal tool for transformation. And- mm-hmm. The reason we lead with spiritual practices is we feel like once you can identify sort of your besetting sin, the places you aren't, um, transformed into the image of God, when you can say, these are the parts of my personality that are unusable by God in their present form, you have a place to begin. Mm -hmm. And so once I say that, I need a pathway. And so we provide different spiritual pathways or practices and rhythms so that people can lean into if you're a one that you could lean into some practices that may be more heart practices mm-hmm. or find out why you dismiss heart so it's a it's a workbook that helps you understand yourself we also have for every chapter a small group sort of exercise on empathy what is it to get inside the skin of this number, and what are the things that bug me, and where do they have? What do they have to give me? And so, just trying to create some empathy rather than, oh, I know my number, I'm so great, and you're a four, you know. No, how do I step into appreciating the way the image of God gets reflected in all of us? And if we dismiss mm. one number or one triad, we have dismissed a way of loving God and knowing. God. Yeah.
1: Do you deal? Do you guys deal with how each number relates to the other numbers?
2: We do because we we one of the titles that we toyed with was um, more than your type. Mm. We want to. It's not enough to know your number. You need to be able to see how these other numbers bring you into transformation, draw you into transformation.
1: Yeah. So how would you recommend somebody first getting acquainted with uh, the Enneagram and Enneagram, sorry, and then going about discovering their type? Do you think this is a – is it best done in community or in a group or individually?
2: So I am – I have a very strong opinion about this. The Enneagram was an oral tradition for well over a 1,000 years, maybe close to 2,000 years. And there is something about hearing it orally that enters a different part of your life. And we are so used to reading for information and scanning to pass a test and, oh, I think I've got the main points of this. I think reading it is a really different exercise. And that to do it in community with others in an oral way, I'm going to say, it's the way it was meant to be done. It was meant to be done in relationship. It wasn't meant to go, oh, navel gaze, I'll read this and figure myself out. So I'm, I'm distressed by that. I understand why it happens. But I think if you want to learn about the Enneagram, going online and doing a test is probably um, the 21st century way of finding out your number. And I would also say it is an inadequate way of understanding that this tool could be something that could a- actually grow your love of God in others. So I think you need to go find somebody who is a gifted teacher and learn it And if I had my way, I would say to everybody, you know, I do spiritual direction, so people who do the Enneagram with me in spiritual direction, I would say, okay, be a one for a month. Let's just try this on. You need to see where you have anger going on in your life. And you may think you have none, but let's work with this for a month, and then we'll go through it. So to take your time and let the Spirit actually mm. teach you something rather than take it, like, here's the Meyer Friggs, and I'm an INTJ. Well, No. This could be a journey into understanding how you can become more and more transformed from one degree of glory to another. Wouldn't you love that? That won't happen by learning your number.
0: (laughs) That's The the idea of spiritual transformation like that being a journey has been something that God's been doing a lot of work in my own life. I, I feel like growing up, I... I felt that spiritual maturity and spiritual transformation had to come immediately. And I think that was in part because I felt my salvation somehow rested on it.
2: Mm, Yeah.
0: And so this idea of spiritual transformation being a journey, something that takes time, uh, has really been new to me in the last five years. Wouldn't you say, Chris? Mm -hmm. Because just the understanding that God has grace for you where you're at not not that he wants to accept you where you're at and just leave you where you're at he wants to transform you but the fact that that transformation is a journey that lasts really our entire lifetimes has been really helpful to me and it takes a lot of the pressure out of i have to get this done and i have to get this right now
2: and i i couldn't i couldn't agree more because i feel like the the way my parents did I have nothing but admiration for my parents and the way they brought me up. But there was something about once you had written down that you'd accept Jesus Christ into your life as your personal faith, once you had that date, it was like you shouldn't have any doubts, you know. You should be able to not lie or cheat or steal or, you know, there was this sense that the very fact that you knew these oughts, that that ought to make you different. And it took me a long time to realize That it was never aughts that made anybody different. It was grace. And knowing Jesus. In a transforming relationship. So. I I think it it does. It opens a space. For your doubts. It opens a space. For your. uh, Growing understanding of who God is. And who you are. So. We we need that space or we will get stuck in a relationship that eventually um, you'd have to say, well, how much life does it give? You know, if, if I'm in a relationship with you, it's going to grow and change. If it's real, it'll grow and change and we'll have hard times and we'll have good times. And I feel the relationship with God is the same. We have a hard times, we have good times. No, it's not a stuck thing. It's
1: dynamic. Yeah. And it's going through that. I I think it's going through that very rhythm that makes growth possible. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be growing. So how would you, how does, how would you take And real quick? This is sort of my last question on, on this uh, before we move into our final questions here. Um, The work. So somebody knows they're, they go through the Enneagram with a group of people. They, they sort of find their type. They're on this journey how do how does that portion of the journey relate to then them implementing spiritual disciplines in their life?
2: So transformation happens when we make space for God in our lives. And the the way that we use the enneagram is that it's basically St. Paul and Jesus inviting you into transformation and there will be spiritual practices for people who are in their, let's say they're in the anger triad. There will be specific practices that sort of help them make space for God, um, that temper a quick response. And so we try to give practices for each number and each triad that can help them um, with their signature vices and with the, the ways that they sabotage their relationships with others and with God. That's
1: good. And uh, I found that to be the case. I think I'm a one, <laughs> if anybody wants to know. And so... Um,
2: no, so you're going to have a goodness that is deeply joyful. And you know, if you do that, you have an easy goodness.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I try anyway. <laughs> well, I, I, fi- I found it funny that you kept mentioning ones, fours, and sevens. Cause I think I'm a four. I haven't really like tried to, to work through it all that much. Chris and I have talked about what we think each other are and, and we're, we're fairly confident we're a, a one and a four, but. I just thought it was ironic that you mentioned yeah. that triad. My
2: husband's a one and I'm a four, so there we are. Oh yeah, good company.
0: And
1: you also uh, uh, hit our Myers Briggs INTJ on the on yep, the head yep. too. So there you go.
0: As you go about the rest of your day today, take some time and check out the Enneagram Institute at enneagraminstitute.com. There you can find out about each one of the Enneagram types and get a feel for which type might best describe you. But As Adele noted, don't do this by yourself. Talk to somebody else about your type and what you think your type might be and get feedback from others around you. And then when you're ready to start using the Enneagram for spiritual growth, head over to Adele's site, EnneagramHarmonyTriadsTransform.com. There you can pre-order her book and find out more about using spiritual disciplines that will best help your Enneagram type. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.